Welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja. And we are still dealing with the aftermath of the snowstorm, but I thought I should record this one video about my experience of teaching literary theory. How do I organize a course and how do I teach it and why? And the reason for recording this is because quite a few of you have asked me about some tips about how to learn, but also about how to teach literary theory. So I thought if I put this together, and if you watch it in combination with my videos on literary theory, this could be very useful to you. So in this brief conversation, then I'll first explain how I organize a literary theory course which applies both to undergraduates and graduates. Why do I do that? And then what are the benefits of doing it the way I do it? And then you can modify it. And of course, links to my already planned and executed courses, both at graduate and undergraduate levels, will be available in the description eventually when I get around to it. So here we go, a brief overview of how to learn or how to teach literary theory. There are three things to keep in mind as you design and deliver a course on literary theory. The first thing, of course, is the most important, important, and that is to make sure that your students understand what literary theory is, so design your course accordingly, and what are its major schools. So a course must start with, let's say, new criticism and go into structuralism, formalism and all, so there should be a sequence, you know, almost chronological of different ways of understanding literary theory. The second thing to do then is to augment that basic knowledge. That is, that if you're teaching new criti criticism, then to read some primary works by new critics. If you're going to teach Marxism than to read some works by specific Marxism scholars. So what that does is the first brief reading of a particular given literary theory approach gives the students certain basic understandings of the theory itself. But then they get to read the practitioners of that theory and their works explaining the theory and those two knowledges then come together and their knowledge of theory then is not necessarily just, you know, memorized knowledge about what is new criticism. Here are the 10 bulletin points, but rather this is what new criticism as a movement is. This is how it started. And here is what Cleanth Brooks wrote. Here's what John Crote Ensom wrote. So they can always then connect it to the major theorists in that field. And then the third thing that I try to teach is for our students to develop the skills to recognize if they are reading a critical paper, if they are reading a scholarly paper, to recognize, theoretically speaking, as to which particular theoretical stance the author of that article is taking. And so that knowledge is crucial because then they'll be able to tell oh, this is a structuralist analysis, this is a psychoanalytical analysis. You know, most of the times the writers of critical essays will tell you what they are using, but to be able to tell from which perspective a certain essay is written then can become part of their intellectual 
you can say toolshed that they can employ every time they read a critical essay, a scholarly article. So these are the three things to keep in mind. A basic understanding of all the theoretical approaches. Two, a deeper reading of major theorists in any given school of literary theory. And three, encouraging them to incorporate that knowledge so that they can understand where someone is coming from as they are reading a scholarly article. Now beyond this, I will now briefly explain which books do I use and how do I combine classroom assignments or in-class discussions to accomplish these three missions in my literary theory class. So for my classes, I use Terry Eagleton's An Introduction to Literary Theory. I know it's a slightly dated book, but I'll explain my reasons for it. And then I combine it with the Norton Anthology about critical theory. Now, if it's an undergraduate level, I don't ask my undergraduates to purchase the book, nor do I require my graduate students to purchase the book. They can actually read assigned chapters from the books through a library reserve book that I can place there. And sometimes I can copy a chapter or two if I can do that legally. Now, the reason I use Eagleton's Introduction to Literary Theory is because Eagleton introduces pretty much all the major schools of literary theory, but he doesn't introduce it by numbers alone. He doesn't just say, oh, here are the 10 things that new critics were famous for. This is what it means. No, he gives us a materialistic historical account of rise of literary theory and its professional usage. Then he will go and explain one particular theory and explain how its proponents talked about it and tried to sell it, so to speak. And then he also gives us the critiques of that particular school of literary theory. So if you read his second chapter, I think, you know, which is about rise of new criticism, you will see that he gives you the British scene, what do the early critics suggested what did they write in their first ever journal, which was called Scrutiny. So you're getting a history of how this knowledge was produced, how it was practiced. And then towards the end of the chapter, he will also give you what was wrong with their approach or what criticisms came in from where. So then when you're reading Eagleton, even though it's an introductory book and it introduces you to different modes of reading literature, what he's also making you learn in the process is the major debates, the philosophical reasoning behind those debates, material causes that prompt a certain response in literary circles. That's why I use that book and I highly recommend it. And if you decide to read it and use it, thankfully, you know, by now on my channel, every single chapter of Terry Eagleton's book is available in my Eagleton playlist where you can read a chapter, watch a video, talk about it. Maybe send me a comment or two if I missed anything or if you liked something. But that's the basic reader that I use. 
Now, do keep in mind, a lot of people use different kinds of readers. There are readers of theory available that have seven or eight chapters, new criticism, this structuralism, and then they explain the basic tenets of those. Those are useful too, but the problem with those is that they don't give us an interesting narrative and discussion as Eagleton does. But feel free to use them. What I do instead is that I augment their reading of Terry Eagleton by placing links on my website, on the course page, two basic succinct explanations of each approach to literary theory, and that can be kind of a guide. One thing that we must avoid is this kind of learning by numbers, and it happens in Pakistan and India as well, is where people are required to memorize what are the 10 important aspects of new criticism, and students will memorize that. Sometimes they'll have keys, mnemonic keys to remember that. That doesn't serve any purpose other than reproducing unacknowledged knowledge, unlearned knowledge in a paper. So I would strongly urge you to avoid that. Now, as we are reading Eagleton's chapters, then when he names some major critics, here is Cleanth Brooks, here is Julia Kristeva, then we use the Norton Anthology to go and read selected works from those authors. And what that enables my students is to connect Eagleton's explanation with the original works of people who are trying to explain the very theories that we are learning. So these two things combined then ensure that the students start with a basic introduction, but that introduction is complicated because it's also giving them critiques of what is being proposed in a given theory. And then they go and read what the theorists in that particular theory have read and said about. So their knowledge keeps growing as they read further, they draw back from what they've just learned. They're already privy to why formalist attack, aesthetic movement, and whatever. So they become privy to the debates. And that is the learning process as far as reading and grasping basic and then the complicated debates of literary theory using Eagleton's chapters using online resources that explain each and every theoretical approach, theoretical school of thought, and then reading original writings by the authors, philosophers, and critics in a certain given literary movement. I will now briefly touch upon how I encourage my students to practice what they've learned in class. So in order to make sure that they have you know, thoroughly grasped what we have learned over a semester, I make my final assignment into a term paper, but that term paper has certain particular requirements. And the most important requirement in that is that the students have to use two corresponding compatible literary theories in order to write a paper. So what does that mean? What it means is that they could combine, let's say, psychoanalysis with structuralism maybe, and say, I'm going to use Freud's explanation of the psyche, Saussure's explanation of how language works to read this novel. Or they could combine close reading of a poem 
right with the formalistic reading of it or with linguistic or structural reading of it so i always tell my students that i am not looking for a perfect paper what i'm looking for is that they use this opportunity to actually try to use theory in writing a paper and i tell them i'm not going to grade you for a perfect paper i will grade you for making a great effort in trying to use theory and one thing that i always encourage them to do and i do this in my own writing as well is to explain your theory you know if i say i'm going to use marx's concept of alienation to read rohintan mysteries a fine balance there is no harm in saying and this is what i understand by alienation this is what marx says this is what i understand by it and it is this understanding that i'll bring to bear on a paper and there's a reason for it two reasons actually one reason is that you are specifically explaining this is my understanding of it so that any reader who reads it then uses that as a guideline and says oh this is how he's reading marx and so that makes sense the second and more strategic reason is that if you try to publish that article and it goes to reviewers and the reviewers come back and said what about this debate about this this debate about this and you can point to them that i have already mentioned in a footnote that i'm i'm aware of that debate but i am only using this understanding of the theory so it enables you to do that and i encourage my students to use theory for practice as imperfect as it can be so that they at least have written one paper where they are trying to use literary theory and the reason i do that is because in most universities here as well students find theory really daunting right and a lot of professors don't even require that in their classes so they are pretty good at close reading and critical readings of the text and all they need is a relaxed approach to trying to apply theory and that usually works because they by the time they write that paper and i give them feedback as well they get it so these are some of my thoughts about how i organize a literary theory course how i try to teach it and then how i encourage my students to use literary theory in their classes i'm pretty sure you have your own better ways of doing this so if you do please share it with me and i would love to hear from you if i have missed something that you think could be important and could add to this conversation please point that out to me in the comments and i'll be happy to answer them if you need a more detailed engagement with let's say terry eagleton and some other theorists please do check out the playlists that i already have there is there are quite extensive materials already available on the channel but i would certainly love to hear from you and see how you have tackled either teaching a course on literary theory or learning literary theory for yourself and maybe your sharing of your experience can enrich all of us in learning more and better so that's all i have from this storm stricken texas today i hope you're all doing well and you're all safe stay safe take care of each other and as always i will see you next time Thank you.